We are inching towards the NFL playoffs, and the games are starting to mean just a little bit more. A lot of incredible action on Sunday, and several games came down to the final play. Uh, we're going to talk about the winners and losers. Who impressed? Who didn't? Um, some people that have got some uh, teams have got some concerns. Some players got some concerns. A uh, lot to get to today. We're going to be breaking down the film all day, and we'll be giving you the detailed breakdowns of all the games, all the teams, all the players, all the schemes over at LandryFootball.com, which is why you want to come on board and become a member of LandryFootball.com today. Take advantage of the holiday savings special that we've got going on. Uh, if you like football, you're going to love LandryFootball.com. Give the gift of football to yourself, to the loved one in your family, by becoming a member of LandryFootball.com today. Uh, folks, it's less than $10 a month if you try it out for a month. It's cheaper than that if you take advantage of the six-month special. If you take advantage of the holiday savings special, the 12-month package, that is the best deal that we've got going. It's 12 months. It's the cheapest package. And it'll get you football, not just the rest of this football season, all the games, all the breakdowns, but also all the scouting season, recruiting, transfer portal, free agency, the draft, everything football, all year round, LandryFootball.com. Also subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Well, let's get into it. There's a number of things I'm going to start out on Sunday night. Winner. Dak Prescott, Dallas Cowboys, taking it to Philadelphia. We talked about it in previewing the game for you. hope you got a chance to listen to that. What was the keys to the game? We thought it went right as, as we thought it would need to go for Dallas to have success. They get it done at home, make a statement. Now it gets real interesting. It is the Niners that um, have the home field advantage at 10-3. and three. They win the tiebreaker over Dallas based on – um, winning percentage, and of course, they win over Philly due to the head to head. Uh, Dallas is in a position, uh, they win the the um, the tie break right now over Philly, uh, because the best percentage in division games, but uh, still left to be played. Now, Philly, though, don't be confused if they win out, would get the number two seed over Dallas if both of them say win out, but uh, it's going to be real interesting. Um, Dallas playing good football. The defense is lights out. They look fast in that game. They look fast offensively. They look tough to cover. And they did a tremendous job on the defensive end generating pressure. And I thought they were physical as well. They forced turnovers. But unlike the first game that they played against the Eagles last year, they found a way to get those turnovers, to finish, to recover those uh, they were able to do that. Very impressive. So really good there. For Philly, you know, the downside is they're not playing good football right now. Um, they just seem to be missing something. They they seem to be just a little bit off. And uh, it's not a good time to be doing that. The best time to be playing your best football is Thanksgiving on. And right now, they're trying to find themselves. So they are uh, in a little bit of a pickle and they've got to figure things out hard. With that, uh, I'll, I'll figure things out quickly or it's going to be real hard. Potentially going on the road, not playing well. Um, if they get back on track, get home get home field, let's say if San Francisco loses one, 
And, you know, the, certainly I think things look up. And this is a type of team with its running game that can go on the road and win in Dallas or go on the road and win in San Francisco, but not the way they're playing right now. Uh, winner, Brock Purdy of the Niners. Look, he was an MVP candidate going into this week. And after week 14, he may be the favorite. Um, he had another monster performance, led the Niners to a 28-16 win over Seattle. They won five games in a row, all by double digits. They've scored at least 27 points in all five wins. They're 10-3. and three. Uh, Phenomenal passer rating through for 368 yards, two touchdowns. 13.6 yards per attempt leads the league in completion percentage, touchdown percentage, yards per attempt, yards per completion, passer rating, and QBR. Uh, the offense is quarterback friendly, yes. It's loaded with a lot of weapons, yes. But the numbers that Purdy is posting are incredible. He deserves a lot of credit and <clears throat> the attention that he's getting. Um this offense has never been this dynamic since Kyle has been there. Uh, it's getting better and better with each start, and they're 17-0 when Purdy, Samuel, and Trent Williams finish the game. So four weeks ago, he certainly, along with Dak Prescott, the favorites uh, in the uh, for MVP. Loser, man, the Detroit Lions and Jared Goff. They're one of the more challenging teams to watch and figure out. There have been games where their offense has been outstanding. There have been others where the offense hasn't shown up. Unfortunately, this was one of the latter in Week 14. Jack Goff completed 20 of 35 passes for 161 yards, 4.6 yards per attempt against the Bears. He had two key turnovers, was sacked four times. The offense couldn't get it going. It was the third time in seven weeks that Goff posted a passer rating less than 70. Chicago created pressure up front, completely messing up golf from the start. Um, the Lions are likely to be the number one, the number three seed in the NFC, but it's hard to trust them. They're kind of almost in a coast mode. They're not good enough and don't feel like they're going to threaten the top two seeds, San Francisco and Dallas, but then they're in a position where it doesn't look like anybody's going to catch them. The Bears, you know, are playing right now. They played them twice. They look like they're playing better than the Lions, but they've got eight losses to the Lions four. And the Vikings are struggling, and they've got six losses. Um, managed to win uh, in an ugly performance uh, against the Raiders. So the Lions are in good shape to win the division, to get the number three seed. But if they don't figure things out quickly, it's going to be a quick exit from the playoffs. Thoughts on them, and this happens sometimes when you're a team that's highly aggressive, highly volatile, highly, you know, um, up and down. You tend to make more mistakes. You tend to make some real positive plays, but you tend to be hyper aggressive, a little undisciplined. Uh, and and I, when I watch it, I can see when they've had a good week of practice and when they didn't. Because you just don't come out and play a certain way. You practice a certain way. So I think it's going to be incumbent upon Dan to challenge his team to hit that gas pedal and that everything's going to have to start clicking because they are a try-hard team that has to win by trying harder. But sometimes when you try hard, you make mistakes, 
And they're they're a perfect example of a team that's banked a lot of wins early. And so they're going to be in position, as I mentioned, at the number three seed. But what they can do with it is what the challenge is from here on out. And this is one of the things that's fun about the NFL. Even if you're in a position to win and get there, can you be playing at the right level when you go in? Um, Another winner. Got to give a lot of credit. Start with Joe Flacco, the Browns. I think he... And I'd like to go ahead and throw in the other Ohio quarterback in Jake Browning and the Bengals. Impressive wins. I mean, looking at Cleveland and Cincinnati, and particularly Cleveland, because Cleveland's eight and five, um, and they're in position right now. Um, you know, not going to catch Baltimore. It does not appear and needed really a Rams win over Baltimore to help the cause. Cincinnati seven six. Cleveland's eight and five. That's a big win by Cleveland, and Joe Flacco was a big part of it. He had an up-and-down performance against the Rams, but for the most part, he held his own. He had an awful interception that essentially ended the game, but he gave the Cleveland Browns competent quarterback play in a pinch. In week 14, he was the reason the Browns won. Despite missing its top three offensive tackles, Flacco had a great performance against the Jags. Led them to 31 points, threw for 311 yards, three touchdowns. <coughs> Pardon me, threw many of his passes at or near the line of scrimmage, but that is primarily a result of the offensive scheme that Stavinsky runs. They're a screen-heavy team that uses a lot of boot action for their tight ends. Uh, the difference between Flacco and Dorian Thompson-Robinson, RPJ Walker's his ability to throw the ball in the middle of the field beyond 10 yards. He can drive it on slants, on digs, on in routes, something that other quarterbacks haven't been able to do for them this year. Um, it was quite a few passes thrown beyond 10 yards that were impactful. Impressive. And the Browns right now would be headed towards the playoffs with Joe Flacco. Can it continue? I'd like to give a shout-out, too, to Jake Browning and this Bengals offense. Uh, going on the road and um, uh, uh, going and beating, I should say, um, the Colts, um, it's impressive. Another team that's fighting for a playoff spot, just like Jacksonville, Cleveland were. Getting it done there. Quarterbacks in the state of Ohio and in, um, in pro ball, uh, had a really good week. No question about it. Uh, <clears throat> loser, Carolina is, a, is the worst offense that I've seen in some time. It's a disaster. They can't block. Their wide receivers can't get open. Nobody can consistently catch the ball. Um, it, it doesn't do the quarterback any favors at all. They never get in any rhythm. And Bryce Young, in his own right, was bad. Um they did not get into the end zone despite rushing for more than 200 yards. You know, the, the negative in this game for the Saints is the fact that they gave up 200 yards rushing. Um, never should have happened. Young was a disaster anytime he dropped back to throw. All the things around him being said, he's playing awful. When you factor in his sack yardage, the Panthers had 99 passing yards on 40 dropbacks. Young missed a wide-open Jonathan Mingo on a seam route right before halftime. That would have cut the Saints' lead to 14-10. to 10. Instead, they turned the ball over a few downs later. 
So, yes, the play around him is poor. Yes, he's lost confidence. But when the play is there to be made, he does not make it. Really bad performance. One of the best traits was his pause. He's lost his pause. Everything looks like a complete helter-skelter fire drill. No calmness, no sense of poise from the young rookie from Bama. Um, look, he's going to be given plenty of time and a new coach to do it with. But this is off the bad start. So bad to the point where if he, with a new coach, his leash is going to be pretty short going into next year. How about the play of Zach Wilson in the Jets? What a performance. Um, Zach Wilson, let him. Let him in this game. After being benched in favor of Tim Boyle, return to Zach Wilson. Is the best performance of his career. Taken on the Houston Texans. He was 27 to 36, 301 yards, two touchdowns. It was more impressive because it was just pouring rain. Wendy at MetLife Stadium, and C.J. Stroud, before he went out late with a concussion, uh, struggled with the elements. C.J. Stroud, who's been a borderline MVP candidate and rookie of the year, could not get anything done in that weather, weather. and Zach Wilson looked calm, comfortable for the first time, and was precision. Kept his composure, even when flushed out of the pocket. Made several big plays downfield. Um, look, it's, uh, it, it's encouraging for the young man to play as well as he did. Um, the downside would be the Texans and how they missed a really good opera, um, an opportunity, you know, they're seven and six, um, you know, that's a, a team that I expected to be eight and five when this <clears throat> week was over and could be tied with Jacksonville. What a missed opportunity to come out. Uh, and play as poorly as they did and get completely outpaid by the Jets. Another loser was the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence is limited due to high ankle injury, and he played poorly. Uh, it was up to the defense to win this game. They failed to do that, and worse, they were ultimately the reason why they lost this game. That's been the case in back-to-back -back weeks. They allowed Jake Browning and the Bengals to rack up 491 yards, 34 points in Week 13, Six days later, they allowed 31 points, nearly 400 yards to Flacco on the Browns. Cleveland had 74 plays on offense and converted all three fourth down attempts. <coughs> Coverage busts all over the field, <coughs> resulting in several big plays for the Browns. Flacco even missed several passes to wide open receivers. It's a surprise that the Jags didn't allow more points. They forced three turnovers, but it didn't matter. The Browns rallied and put up points whenever they needed them. The Jags are still the favorites to win the South, but their defense is starting to become a big-time issue. They can't stop the quarterback uh, like Jake Browning and Joe Flacco. They've got no chance of advancing in the first round of the playoffs. So um, some thoughts and concerns in this week's action. Um, really, really intriguing um, how if Atlanta stumbles in a game that's put everybody – uh, again, uh, but the Panthers tie for the NFC South lead. Uh, again, big win by the Ravens over the Rams. Minnesota just finds a way to win at 3-0 in an ugly offensive performance, one of the worst I've seen. Denver continues to contribute to the Chargers' woes in this game. 
So um, that's a look. We've got two Monday night games, obviously, Giants and Packers, and see if the Packers can stay hot and stay uh, right in that race, maybe go to seven and six after this week. Um, They win the – they're in pretty good shape. Um, If they're able to win this game, uh, their schedule is very, very easy uh, down the stretch, relatively speaking, and, of course, the Dolphins and Titans – taking uh, stage as well tonight in a doubleheader Monday night game. It's not a doubleheader. It's actually two games simultaneously. Expect the Dolphins to win big. Real quick note as I go up, just uh, thoughts and prayers to the Frank Wycheck family. Um, uh, I actually signed Frank Wycheck for us with the Titans when I was there. He was a a, um, backup with the Washington Redskins at the time. We were practicing against them. And, um, you know, I had done my homework on Frank Wycheck coming out of Maryland, but he had a great week of practice when we had um, in training camp. And when the Redskins let him go, uh, I signed him for us, and he went on to have a great career for us with the uh, Tennessee Titans, Houston Oilers slash Tennessee Titans. He was most known for making throw the throwback, home run throwback on the Music City Miracle but we lost him way too young, early 50s. So um, was on my mind uh, yesterday morning when I found out the news. So um, prayers and blessings to his family. Uh, a reminder again, um, check out LandryFootball.com for all the latest breakdowns. And they got a lot of stuff going on in the transfer portal in college. Obviously, we've got bowl games coming up. Uh, we've got the playoff run in the NFL. We've got coaching searches. Tons to be excited about. Check it out, LandryFootball.com today. Take advantage of the holiday savings special that we've got going. Also, a reminder to subscribe, like, and share the Landry Football Podcast Network on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Appreciate you joining us. Talk to you again next time, everybody.